In today's podcast, we're going to talk about interdependence and how to grow that in your family. What does it mean to be an interdependent family and how do you get there? Welcome to the Art of Raising Humans. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Art of Raising Humans. I'm Kyle. And I'm Sarah. And in today's episode, Sarah, we want to talk about interdependence. We're following up on that conversation we had a few episodes ago about codependence and independence. Um, But first, I want to say um, happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays to everybody. We just finished up um, a beautiful Thanksgiving time here in Tulsa. We got to host this year. That was fun, right? that was fun. It was a lot of fun. And we really enjoy getting a chance to host um, our family here at our house. And then also had some friends stay as well. And our kids got to play with their kids and they're great friends. So I hope everybody had a really great time. Um, hopefully you were able to use the tips we gave you in the last podcast about getting through the holidays and hopefully it being a more positive experience. So we'd love to hear your feedback on that. You know, Sarah and I have gotten a chance to speak several times since uh, our last recording. We've been able to do some schools, um, some churches. We've got some more set up this coming spring. So I want to throw out to all of our listeners, um, if you've got a faith-based community um, that you'd like us to come speak at or uh, a church, uh, um, a, a school, School, you know, where we can come speak with parents, teachers, um, talk to them about the brain and the science of the brain and how how best to, to help kids learn these skills that we've been discussing. Um, we're welcome to do it all over the world, mm-hmm. right? Right. We haven't done it internationally yet, but that would be a lot of fun <laughs> well, if we did we it. Did. Oh, one that's time. true. We did. Yeah. We did it in South Africa yes, the one time. So so we're open to doing it all over the world. So we wanted to throw that out there just so nobody thinks we're just limited to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, we would love to help families and schools and churches and other kind of faith-based communities um, all over the world. So just wanted to throw that out there. So um, today's conversation, I think, has been really vital for us in, in raising our kids um, with this idea of interdependence. You know, So I first, I want to define interdependence. Is that all right? Yes. Okay. That's good. I know you did a great job defining codependence and, and independence, but interdependence, I found this definition, I liked it, is interdependence is a relationship between multiple parties that depend on each other to strive. It, it, means, it means that each party has something the other party needs. Okay. Mm-hmm. So e- e- it means that each party has something the other party needs. I think that's the most crucial part that I wanted to, to point out. If you could, do you mind for real quick, just reviewing codependence and independence? Okay. Yeah. So codependence is sort of an imbalanced relationship. So it's where one party really needs the other um in an imbalanced way. So it's, oh, I need you, I need you, I need you, I need I need you to do this and, and help me feel good. Yeah. And a lot of times there's a very psychological, emotional element to it. It's not just a, a physical, you could say a codependent relationship. We, we've mentioned this before with a baby, yeah. right? Yeah. They really do need you. That's different. This is... Um, we're, right now, we're more focused on the codependent relationship. That would be less if if you just need me to make you happy, so yeah. I better do this and this to yep. keep you happy, yep. or you're going to blow up, or yeah. things are very imbalanced in a relationship. I'm carrying much of the load, yeah. and and you're not. And yeah, we're kind of hooked into this this dynamic. Or there's all continues. this fear, too. If I, if I don't do this, it's going to make you mad yes. or make you sad. Yes, yeah. or abandonment is yes. very... It's very based on fear of mm-hmm. you leaving or then yeah. I won't be needed exactly. or there's there's yeah. those kind of dynamics threaded yeah. all through it. That's great. Yeah, and the independence. How would you independent. see that? Independent. 
well, I mean, that word carries a lot of weight mm-hmm. in our society and a lot of different definition, but just that I've got it. I can do it. Yeah. I don't um, need you. Yeah. I, I can take care of it. In this case, we're discussing independent in that. Yeah. I need nobody. Yes. Because I've got it all. It's all on me. Yeah. And once again, just, you know, just a real quick uh, touching upon what we talked about in the previous one is these are natural parts of growth, right? Yeah. They're not necessarily bad or good. They're just parts of growing as a human being. You and, know? and you'll see those. Sure. And I think some of it, it just happens, right? Mm-hmm. You might have moments in your life where it looks more like this or more like that. Yeah. And we're just here to discuss, here's this interdependence. Yeah. So we're on to add the interdependence, Sarah, because mm-hmm. I think lots of times, at least the families we talk to, it's almost like, like we said in the, in the other podcast, from the time the kid is born, there is this sense of neediness, you know, that comes with that codependence. And so they're trying to help the kid become independent, you know, mm-hmm. so they're, they're constantly finding ways to do that. And that's, that's all great and natural. You know, the kid naturally learns to walk and they learn to go make yeah. their own breakfast and they learn to fall asleep on their own, or they learn to to, you know, do all types of stuff. They go to school and they're, they're away from you. They're learning all types of independent things. But what I want to emphasize is I think a lot of families don't realize that that's not the end game. You know, the, the end game, if that is the end game, what happens is you have kids that go off to college and you're, you're not really ever talking to them again. You know, they're off doing their own thing. They're making their own life. And you rarely see them or have any in-depth conversations with them. And I know a lot of parents we speak to fear that, you know, that the kids will go off. So there's, there's part of them that they're proud of the fact their kids are independent and they're proud of the fact that their kids aren't always saying, mom, mom, dad, 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 dad. But then there's something in them that says like, wait, but I still think I should be a part of this. You know, I still yeah. think, well, are we co-creating this? together or is the goal just we go our separate paths and we just see each other on the holidays is that the idea or or is there a real sense of we bring something to your life that is still important you know and the kid knowing that that there is still something i need from Mm -hmm. you not in a codependent way but an interdependent way Mm -hmm. you know so i i I wanted to really emphasize this in in this podcast to kind of help parents be thinking about that what is it that each of you in the family bring to the table that is Um, necessary for each of you to be able to thrive as a family. So I'm thinking about, you know, there was a time, Sarah, um, Dr. Becky Bailey talked about this at her conference when I did this with Conscious Discipline, how there was a time back in the 80s and 90s when you and I were growing up where there was a real emphasis on finding out what made kids special. You know, mm-hmm. and it, it seemed like there was it seemed like there was something good about that. It seemed like it was better than shaming kids all the time about what they're lacking and how they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it, there was this, you know, you hear a lot of jokes about everybody getting a trophy in in, a, in the soccer game or the football game, whatever it is. Everybody gets a trophy. And it's like, is everybody special? You know, and, and there, there was this, this sense that there's something that isn't quite good about this, quite healthy, you know. Um, yeah. And, and, and what, what Becky Bailey was emphasizing was what it did was create this. This isolation for everybody, like like instead of when you shine a light on people being special, it actually separates people. It doesn't bring them together, you know. Yeah. And so so instead of looking at what is special about the kids, because um, I think that does create more sibling rivalry. Mm-hmm. It does create more competition. You know, to be the special one. Mm-hmm. As I'm saying, I'm thinking of the Lego Movie, <laughs> you know, know. the guy being the special one. I think it's almost something. I'm going to interrupt just yeah. for a second because it is. I think it's something just to sit with for a moment, how it does create that separation. 
and it creates a lot of pressure because I'm, uh, you know, at the, it reminds me of where there's an award for, okay, uh, most unique, um, mm-hmm. most, the, you know, yeah, yeah. took the longest That's or, right. yeah. you know, yes. there's, and, and it creates kind of this very, I'm special because of this identity. And, and a lot of times there's almost an anxiety of, oh, I need to have this identity. I really need to cling to this and, 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 and creates this. You're you and I'm me and here's my identity and yeah. my specialness. Yeah. And uh, if we just sit and think about what that does in a community, yeah. a school, a family, a business, what does that create? As I'm sure we've all walked through and can think of examples of what that is when, oh, you know, that coworker so-and-so, they're special because they're blah, you know, yeah, this, yeah. This, th- this identity about yeah. them. Yeah. And it does create this not coming together, but creates a distance. Apart. Yeah. I can mm-hmm. see you. The audience can't see it, but you're doing this thing with your hands where it's like it's creating a distance, right? Yeah. And, and it does create almost codependent type thing. I'm always wanting people to see how special I am and I want them to notice how special I am, you know? And You're really st- focused on needing to to be that all the time. Yeah. yeah. And 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 it, it and it does lead to it doesn't lead to how are we using that together, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and what what I saw it did, Sarah, when I was a school counselor and I was kind of had this thinking, I would look for the kids who were doing what I asked and I'd really point out and shine a light on those kids. And you saw other kids do one of two things. Either they tried to be like that kid, yes, or they hated that kid. Yes. <laughs> so it was one of those, either all like, I don't want to be like that kid, yeah. you know, because that's the teacher's pet. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, I want to be that kid because now, you know, Mr. Wester is seeing him and likes him. And yeah. he looks I like, want, yeah. I want that spotlight yeah. shine on me. And then other kids are like, well, that's hopeless. That's so-and-so is going to do that. Yeah. I, I don't get to be. And that. even though I did that, it, a lot of times when I was doing classes with kids, there was something yeah. in me that just felt tainted. It felt kind of, kind of icky, you know? Yeah. And so that's why I really loved it when Becky Bailey talked about it's It's not about kids being special. It's about seeing what is unique in them, mm-hmm. that every kid mm-hmm. has some unique talent, strength, characteristic that is necessary for that classroom, you know, for that family. And and lots of times that's what the kid is trying to find out. The kid's saying, what do I bring to the table? Not, yeah. not, not that makes me valuable, <laughs> not that makes me more lovable, which is what the special thing, but it shines a light on why bring something to the table that is meaningful. You know, that is helpful to the greater good of this classroom or the family, you know? Yeah. And, and I really think that's what kids are hungry for. Kids want to do and be seen as being helpful and doing something meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we all want to feel like we're, we're a value, right? We have, we're, we're important to the group for a reason. And, and it feels really good to know, oh, I, I need to be here because this is what I can contribute. And so-and-so's here because this is what they bring. And here you're here because this is what we – and together we – we build this beautiful community. Well, as you're saying, I'm even thinking like what it does when you focus on what is unique about each kid. Like I'm thinking I have a friend who's six foot six and that's unique about him. You know, like I'm, I'm five foot nine. He's six foot six. So there's strengths that he brings to the table just by being six foot six that I could never. <laughs> and so I'm not like, oh, how do I become him? Like I, I can't possibly do that. Right. And so when you focus on what is unique and these how these differences in the kids, these unique characteristics, when you focus on that, you see those differences are the strength of the family. It's not, the goal isn't for everybody to be the same or all have the same special qualities. You know, Mm -hmm. the fact that my friend is six foot six, he can do things that I just can't do. And I think that's awesome. And so if I need someone who's six foot six, I go ask my friend. I don't go try to be six foot six. You know, I don't try to be like, let's say you have a kid who's really outspoken and loud and you have another kid who's quiet. The quiet kid shouldn't try to be the loud kid. And the loud kid doesn't necessarily need to be the quiet kid, right? Is there's some that are comfortable with speaking, 
things, some that aren't, some that are more talented athletically, some that aren't, some that, you know, all these unique qualities, you mm-hmm. know, some are just more naturally um, empathetic, <clears throat> other ones aren't as much, you know, so finding out what those unique qualities are gives each kid a, a an opportunity to bring those unique qualities to the family and, and, and then we can all thrive more in using those together. Yeah. And so, so I, I think when you look at a book, you know, I'm thinking of that book, Sarah, by Daniel Pink called uh, Drive. He talks about how kids naturally, all humans naturally want to do meaningful work. They want to know what they do and who, how they can contribute to something bigger than them. Okay. And so we want to help our kids be able to see that. So let's talk about specifically in a family. Um, how can a family do that? How, how can we help our kids, um, you know, kind of call that out of them, this, this deeper, more meaningful work that, that they bring to the table? Well, I think we we need to start with just even making our own list. You know, what, what I mean, you can sit and think, what do I bring to the table? It's probably mm, the easiest, mm. right? But yeah, then, yeah, yeah. then think about, I would, before, I would love to have a conversation with our kids, but start out by, I need to go down my list of what does so-and-so bring to the table? Mm-hmm. And, and really spend some time focusing on what I see them bringing to the family that I yeah. would really miss if they weren't yes. weren't there. And then I would make sure I have that list in my head. And then I'd even have a family meeting, something fun, and get together and talk about and invite them to be a part of that. What do we each bring? Yeah. And not where you're talking about you, but each person's talking about the other yeah. the other oh, members of the that. family. Yeah, 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 yeah. And saying, oh, well, I like Abby, how she brings such and such. She does yeah. this and she does that. And yeah. Maybe you have a kid who loves to cook, or maybe you have a kid mm. who's more organized or yeah. makes plans. Or, yeah. I mean, my oldest daughter really loves to plan, yep. so she's helping plan our trips yep. coming up. Yep. And then our our son loves research, so yeah, he, he is full of information or would love the task of go find out more about this. Yeah. And so he would do that. I mean, there's there's all kinds of different different yeah. things, you know, that, that you could talk about, but participate together in a conversation about what each person brings and why they're important to the family. And the word I'm thinking about that goes along with this idea of interdependence is just noticing everybody, right? Yes. I think if we just spent some time, if everybody listening to this would just spend some time noticing each other, noticing your spouse. And what I mean by that is it's different than judging them. You know, we spend a lot of time judging, you know, like that kid brings that to the table (laughs) and it's so annoying. It's really easy to see what somebody brings that we don't like. It's really easy to see that. We spend most of our time noticing that, but instead looking around and thinking, Man, I love that they bring that to the table or that's something that's a gift I don't have or that's a skill I struggle with, mm-hmm. you know? I, I remember even meeting you Sarah when we first were dating. You have this amazing way of listening to people. I had never seen it. I remember having so many conversations where I would be talking to you and then I would ask you what your thoughts were on what we ju- I just said and you said I don't know. And I said, "What do you mean? You haven't been thinking about it?" And you're like, "No, I've just been listening to you." I'm like what are you talking about? Like I never, I never met another human being who sincerely, you just were listening to what I had to say. Whereas when you were talking to me, I was always thinking about what to comment back on or what to say back to you, you know? And I remember thinking just in dating, I don't have this skill. 
I really want to learn better how to do this. And it's never something I'm going to do as good as you, but it's something I really admire about you. And I really think is, is just unique about you. And everybody I know who gets to talk to you, they get to experience that same thing of being truly heard. And it's something you bring to the table. You know, I think it's really great. And I, I, as I noticed that about you, I just admired you more. And then, and then as we brought that intentionally to the kids and begin to sit back and I'd encourage all the families to do that. You're going to have some time this holiday season. It's going to be easy to see all the annoying things. Trust me, all the frustrating things are going to be easy. It's going to be easy to judge all the things the kids are doing wrong and your spouse isn't doing the way you want to. It's so, it's so easy to do. It's the default that we do. But instead, I would encourage you to spend some time just sitting back and noticing what what is that beautiful thing that they bring that like in a faith-based way, Sarah, we would say like, I believe God put our kids in our family to help grow us as much mm-hmm. as we're there to grow yeah. them. There's, yeah. there, there's in things, each other. yeah, there's things that we, we just won't ever do as good as them. And there's things they're never going to do as good as us that yeah. we all come together. We're better. We're stronger together than we are separate, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so I just would encourage families to, to see that and notice it just like you did with Abby or Brennan and, and seeing those, those different strengths, you know, mm-hmm. what is that meaningful, thing that 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 really unique quality that really brings the family closer together and i I want i want you to talk about sarah when when you do that i really think it's an antidote to sibling rivalry you know wouldn't you say like instead of kids turning against each other they're able to be for each other and be with each other yeah i think uh it it can real it can i think there is that line of if you get into a lot of praise right then kids are going "Ooh, you're praising them for that yes and yeah oh will you praise me for something mm-hmm. and there can be that sibling rivalry and that insecurity yeah. that can come yep and you want to create where we're we're all for each other we're a team yeah and we use that phrase a lot where we're for each other and we and we try to to develop an atmosphere where we're all sort of cheering for each other yeah, we can I love all that. notice do you yeah. see how so and so is doing this or do you see how they're doing that and and we're doing that noticing yeah. and we're doing it as a team and then and we move around and notice different people and in the family and what they're all contributing and we do things together and contribute yeah. and and it's something where i think you shine a light on just the process of it yeah. and and so then we all feel secure that we're all a team together, yep. all making our contribution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not just this person or that person, but yep. but just that that we're for each other, we're a team, we're rooting each other on, we're noticing what each person brings to the family. We are a community and and that's just an atmosphere that you form in your home and just like yeah. you would in a workplace or anywhere else. Mm, it's good. Well, it's so encouraging. Yeah, and, and as as you're thinking about that when you're talking about the praise stuff, I know a lot of families, Sarah, when we're talking to families about this, they are dealing with a lot of that sibling rivalry where the kids have been praised a bunch for how special they are. And the kids are like fighting like cats and dogs to get get you. I think what they're wanting is get you to notice them, get you to see them, you know, get mm-hmm. you to smile and feel joy about them. You know, so we're and, all wanting, we're all needing love. Yeah. And, and that it becomes associated with, oh, you love me. Yeah. I mean, even think about it in marriage. I mean, if there's something <clears throat> in particular you kept highlighting that some mm-hmm. other person did and you really loved that about that person, I think I'd feel this tension in me to be like, mm-hmm. should I be that person? Do I need to be yeah. that person? Because yeah. she seems to smile every time she talks about that quality. Should I get that quality, you know? And so I think a lot of a lot of people, who, when they're doing the praise and they're doing the special, it's kind of backfired because it's caused more of this. So what we're talking about is about encouraging, is about noticing. It's 
it's not about necessarily what they do, but it's about who they are. You know, I mean, part of it is what they're doing, but it okay. is it is yeah. more deeper type thing. I, I'm thinking of a story <clears throat> where with this, as I started trying to notice Abby, for instance, more is Abby as a little kid had these big, big emotions. And sometimes she would be super like just want something so bad. And she'd have these big emotions around it. And it, it would really frustrate me. And I remember one time we were at a, a church picnic and um, it was hot. And Abby, we had, I just had a big conversation about her wanting sugar too much and asking for too many sugar things. And I remember that day at the picnic, she, okay. came, she came up to me and she said, wow, dad, it sure is hot out here, isn't it? And then she was probably like five years old at this point. And I said, yeah, it is, Abby. She goes, you know, it'd be great on a hot day. And I said, no, Abby, what's that? And she said, a popsicle. A popsicle would taste great. And at first, my thought went to judgment. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, all I saw was just her, this weakness, this grossness in her that she can't seem to stop wanting sugar so much, you know? But instead, I shifted it, and I just said, Abby, that was awesome. That was super creative. I want you to do this. I'm going to walk over to our friends over there, and I want you to say that whole thing. But add, like, wipe your forehead as if you're sweating and, like, make it really (laughs) dramatic, right? And I, I didn't even say no. All I did was said, let's do this. Let's go do. She went over there. She she did the whole thing even more drag. The friends were laughing. The whole popsicle thing was dropped, you know? And then what was even funnier was then as we walked to, to the car, Sarah, an ice cream truck pulled up. And Abby just looked at me and said, Dad, what are the chances? It looks like it's a sign, you know? <laughs> and what I did is I looked at her and said, Abby, I love your persistence. I love that you fight for what you want. Let's go in the car and talk to mom about that. And once again, I didn't even have to put this like, no, we're not getting this. She was encouraged by the fact that I saw I was encouraged. I I didn't see this as a deficit. I saw this as a strength. We still didn't get the popsicle. We didn't get any ice cream. But we went home and we had smiles on our faces. And we were laughing about how Abby fights for what she wants. And I loved it. And Abby still today is that kind of kid, you know? And I love that I've kind of wired my brain to see Abby that way and and not, not see that as a just a weakness. You know, to see it as a strength of hers. Mm-hmm. So, so what what I would challenge families to do just over this time, and just to, to just be thinking, is I want you to spend time really noticing what is unique about each person in the family. What do they bring to the table that the family needs? This isn't just what they do, but who they are. Okay, and I would like you to maybe start making this a regular conversation over this holiday time, where you kind of present this, and like like you were saying, Sarah, where even have that amongst each other with the siblings. You know, hey, I just want you to notice what's some things you really enjoy about your brother or sister? What's some things you really think that I bring? I wanted to to wrap this up by saying I I think this could be helpful over the holidays, seeing the differences, not as weaknesses and not judging them, but instead seeing the differences that each of you bring to the table as not only strengths, but they're necessary to create interdependence in our family, that this family would not be the family it was intended to be without these unique characteristics in each of us. So um, I wanted to say, like, I kind of mentioned a little bit um, what you bring to the table about the listening, right? So I wanted to elaborate on a little bit more about what you and I notice about each other as couples, too, mm-hmm. about this, the, what the unique things that we bring together as, as a couple and as parents. Yeah, it's a great starting point because if we can do it here, then it helps us build the skill for doing yeah. it with our children. And, uh, you know, and I always think I when I, I look for opportunities to even mention it with the kids, because mm-hmm. then we can just, you know, the yes. modeling of, oh, how, let's look at what the other person brings. Let's look at how how we come together as a community to live yeah. together um, in a hopefully best way. Right. Yeah. 
as we can. And, and, you know, I'll mention to the kids a lot. And I think a lot of with you is I know you're going to go after what you want. Mm-hmm. So you just highlighted that for Abby, but I know that you will go after what yeah, you yeah. want. And I will often lay those things aside, but I love how <clears throat> you know what you want and you pursue it. Yeah. And I know you're going to get things done. And most of the time, other than our fire extinguishers, I know that you will. <laughs> if I say, hey, can you take care of this? Yeah. It's done. I don't mm-hmm. even give it a second thought. I know it's done. And I know that you are great at conflict resolution or conflicts where I conflict really stresses me and, and I feel it to the core of my being. But for you, you're like, aha, conflict, let's go. And and you're willing to jump in there and bring resolution to it and have the conversation. And you're so bold and brave about those things. And I could go on and sure. on. Yeah. But in a community, those are really great. Yes. I appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. appreciate yeah. that you're going to you're going to take care of these tasks for the community. And if there's a conflict in our community, our family, you're going to jump in and and help. You're not going to shy away from that or bury it under the rug. And, you know, I I highlight these things because I I see how they play out in our family and how they help our family. Yeah. Well, and I would say, of course, there's a long list for you as well, but the listening is fantastic. Your ability to see things and organize them and break them down. I'm a much big, big picture thinker and you see all the details. You are sweeter and kinder and gentler than I think I could ever be. (laughs) So you are so nurturing and empathetic. And man, those early years, I learned especially so much on how you were with babies and, and nurturing their brains and helping them. And I loved how you would fight for them when times when I'd be like, oh my gosh, all of this weakness from the babies, all the neediness was getting to me. And you taught me how to just let go of that and just let them be needy and hold them. And all those, so many sweet moments came because I saw you do it. And then I tried to just like, okay, how could I, how could I do, do similar thing in my own personality, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, we're just modeling this to you as, as, as a couple to say, this is what I'd love for you guys to do with your spouses. If if you have the opportunity to sit down and just notice that. And, and, you know, what I would say, Sarah, what we're growing here is fondness and admiration for each other. You know, mm-hmm. I used to think a lot of some of these things that you mentioned that I do well, when you didn't do them well, I would judge you for those. I would think, why isn't Sarah doing it the way I would do it? And, and this is how we tend to get as couples and we get it with our kids too. And mm-hmm. so like, wait, Sarah's not meant to be me. That's gross. Like Sarah should be Sarah. And I want to know what makes her uniquely her. And what is it that I fell in love with initially when we were dating? Is this unique qualities? It's the fact that you're not me. You know, I didn't, I didn't fall in love with myself. I fell in love with somebody who's a lot different than me, you know? And so I think it's really cool when you can do that amongst each other's couples and model that. Like you said, even we, we say this out loud to the kids a lot. Like your mom does this great. And you know, this, you know, this, yeah. and then we try to have those be more of the conversations. It's not that we never say negative things. Of course we do at times, but we try to make those positive ones, th- those shining a light and unique qualities more often than not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just encourage you to, to be doing that as, as the holidays are coming up. Maybe you'll have some time. I know it's a busy time but have time to just slow down and just notice these things and talk about these in your families. Um, so I hope, hope this information is helpful to you. I would ask you to go um, on the podcast. We'd love to get you know a five-star rating from you. We'd love for you to share this podcast and we'd love to hear how this is helpful, maybe how it changes some dynamics from you. And you can always go to our website at parentinglegacy.com. There, if you wanted more in-depth coaching, you can always schedule that. And we also have courses and other things online there to help support you and your family. So hope this episode was helpful to you and hope you have a great holiday season as you're going through this busy shopping season. We appreciate you. The Art of Raising Humans podcast should not be considered or used as counseling, but for educational purposes only. 